Hey guys, welcome to The Real Shit with Brit and Wit. This is Whitney. And this is Brittany. Today we're going to talk about divorce. Yeah, we're going to get a little bit heavy with you guys. Our last few episodes have been uh, super light, funny, ridiculous. Um, we're going to get a little more real. We're talking about the... Dig a little deeper. We're going to dig a little deeper into the big D, which is divorce. <laughs> okay, so a lot of you know by now, Whitney and I have both been through divorces. I've actually been through two. Um, so we have a lot of people that we personally know that are either going through this or marital issues, relationship issues. So we, and we've had some people even say, you've got to touch on this, you know? So we're ready. We kind of want to get out here with it and start talking about divorce. We want to have a series of episodes, um, kind of breaking down divorce. And we want to start tonight with kind of talking about how you get there, how, what leads you to a divorce? How do people actually get to that point where you are just done? And then we'll kind of go from there. We want to share our personal stories about our journeys and what we've been through. We are also going to have an episode next time where we are going to have a friend of ours. Yep, Come on, it's a guest. a guest. Our first guest. Um, and kind of share his story. It's actually a male who's going through something pretty hard and kind of get a different dynamic from a man's point of view and what he's going through. And then we also want to talk about the aftermath right. of divorce and kind of what that entails. Um, All those emotions and finding yourself again and everything. So yeah, we're, we're just going to cover it all here. And so I think tonight we kind of want to start with what leads to it. And you know, what do you think? What are some things that kind of, well, no one ever gets married thinking it's going to end in divorce, right? I did twice. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you do just run before you say I do seriously, <laughs> there's no, no reason to go through it. I mean, I guess there are maybe some people that, you know, they're, they're engaged. They know most likely it's not going to work out, but well, money's think, already on the table and out for a wedding. So you just go through yeah, with it, right? I think there really are those people that I'm are just sure like, there yeah, are. already said yes to the dress. Like, <laughs> we got to do this. Can't this now. You know? No, I think um, one of the things we're going to touch on, too, is why people stay in marriages even when they shouldn't. I don't always think this is the thing. And I might go against the grain here saying this. Um, and I know what we both we kind both of feel this way. We both agree with this, yeah. That sometimes... Divorce is the answer. Absolutely. I'm just, just going to throw that out there. <laughs> well, when you've tried everything and you guys just there, are, sometimes you're just not compatible. Yeah. It's just not going to work out or, or it's going to be a lifetime of heartache and woes. And yeah, sometimes divorce is the answer. Yeah. And I think where Whitney and I both are today, we can both kind of personally look back and say, Wow. Okay. When we were going through that, it felt like the end of the world. Absolutely. Right? It absolutely did. But looking back, and if you're in it right now, if there's someone out there right now, I, I know personally there are people going to listen to this episode that I've already talked to that are actually going through a divorce. Yeah, we've definitely had people reach out yeah. saying that they're going through a difficult time. And so if you're in that stage right now where you really do you're in it. You feel like this is the end. What am I going to do? It's hopeless. It's depressing. It, there are so many emotions that come. Oh, there are some divorce. when you're going through it. Sometimes you do wish it was the end of the world. Yeah. You know, there, there are way 
way too many emotions and heartache and everything. Even, even if you're the one that wanted the divorce, there is still, there is still a lot of emotions that go with ending a marriage. It just, it feels, it can get really heavy feeling where there are days where you just feel like I can't, I can't do this anymore. I think even in relationships in general, yep. I, I marriage is hard. Relationships are hard. Not everybody listening is going to actually be married. I don't care if you're single. I don't care if you're with somebody for five years, if you just live with somebody, if you're dating, if you're married, like every relationship has their stuff. Has Absolutely. Stuff, you know, and you've it it, it 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 just gets really hard sometimes. And I think when you're married and you throw kids on top of it, personally, there's way more at stake, um, you know? And so it, it can feel really heavy and really confusing. Are we doing the right thing? Am I making the right choice? Why did that person leave? Why does that person leave, but then want this other person? You know, why does... Um, how do we do this with the kids? How do we share kids? How do we split up all of our assets? I mean, there's just so many things that when you're in it and we're going to get there, we're going to talk about that. But tonight we want to talk about what gets you there. And one of the things that we kind of came to the conclusion that we've both actually experienced. Yep. Britt and I have both been through this same thing here. Yep. You uh, get married too soon, too, too young. young. Yep. And we've both kind of had this. Because you were how old when you first got married? You to your first husband? Oh, I I want to say, I mean, barely 19. That's, okay, that was me. Yeah, yeah. barely 19. Barely 19. I had my daughter at, my. well, here's the deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to okay. get into it. Rewind. Okay, Um. so we kind of just had like a college, whoopsie, you know, and, and I became pregnant in college. And we just kind of decided like, Okay, the right thing to do is to get married. And here's the deal. I was dating, you know, my daughter's dad for, um, oh my gosh, it feels so long ago. I, I really feel like my- Was it two months? It, <laughs> it was just enough time to be fertile. No. Um, <laughs> I think I was ovulating and then it just happened. No, but um, it my first husband, honestly, ex-husband feels like, who has to say that, first of all? My first ex-husband? <laughs> Who says that? Brittany. Brittany does. <laughs> there's there's more people out there. And a lot of Is there? Call me. Well, hey, <laughs> call me. We'll have a conversation. Yes, because I think they say if you get divorced once, the chance of you getting divorced again goes up like exponentially. Oh, I know. I am literally that statistic. It's beautiful. <laughs> no, but anyway, um, he, he feels like an old distant high school boyfriend that that's honestly what he feels like to me and it was so long ago that we both kind of feel the same way we're sometimes we're like oh wait oh yeah we actually were married that's weird <laughs> um but yeah so we got I got pregnant in college and we kind of felt like okay we should probably do the right thing um it was a super difficult situation because his family was extremely religious this was like a huge no-no very taboo you know abstinence before marriage um so we were definitely like the outcast black sheep right got pregnant no, we didn't know each other. We we weren't dating uh, maybe for maybe a, a year, almost a year. Um, and so, yeah, too young, too fast, too, too, uh, too everything, really. too everything, <laughs> too pregnant, <laughs> too fertile. Um, no, it's what true. You, I, I, when I got married the first time, I was 19 and we dated for I think we dated for six months and then got engaged and we were engaged for about six months. So before we got married, we were together for about a year. 
Yeah. You know, but honestly, like, I feel like even when you are dating someone, even for a year, which in Utah times, that's a long time here. Like, there are people, I shouldn't say just here because I'm sure it's everywhere, but there are people that literally go on two dates and then get engaged and get married, you know. But so in that scheme, we dated for quite a bit longer, you know, we were together for a year, but I still don't feel like we really knew each other when we got married. Yeah, because don't you feel like even when you are dating, it's so Twitter-pated. Oh, yeah. It's so, oh my god. You put on your best face, for sure. Yeah, you're making out all the time. That's all all you do is just make out. Actually, there's not even time for talking because you're just all over each other. (laughs) Like, let's be honest. And so, of course, you don't know somebody. You're just, you're just, you know. Well, and that's the thing. You you do put your best foot forward. You do put on your best face. And it's not, it's not you being fake or trying to be someone you're not. That's not it. It's just you're so happy to be around this person that you're happy all the time. And that if they want to go do something, you're in love with this person. So you're going to go and do it. Even if that's not something that you're really into or like you're on the love crack. You are. You're totally like you are on a high. You are going to do whatever for that person. You are snorting that love. (laughs) That love cocaine. It's, it's a real thing. It's so true. So yeah. And then that, I mean, that wears off, you know, especially after you get married or you've been with someone for a long time. Yeah. So too young, too quick. You don't really know the person the right way. Um, And I think in some places, you know, where I grew up on the East Coast, it's definitely a way different, um, what am I trying to say? A way different culture, basically, than what you get in Utah. There's, It's a lot more of a religious culture out here where a lot of people, you know, get married quickly. um, And I think because you have to wait until marriage to have sex, let's just say it. Um, so people are just, you know, ready to, well, those hormones get up and I think, yeah, I do. Let's I think go. a lot of people confuse the lust feeling for love and it's easy here oh, yeah. because it's such a big, it is a big no, no to not, yeah. you know, you do not have sex before marriage. And oh, yeah. so you get all these hormones built up and then it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so in love with this person. Sleep with them once. And you're like, shit, what did I do? No, you're like, you're like <laughs> Levi loving all That's right. week long and you're just like I'm so in love no but where I grew up I think it's a it's a little bit different of a culture and um even a lot of the people I went to high school with I feel like they are you know with someone living with someone for years a matter of years mm-hmm. living with them ever before a marriage even comes right and then it's like okay we're engaged and we're getting married in a year and a half yeah and so it's a huge difference from I think I moved out here kind of right after high school and just kind of fell into that, obviously. And uh, yeah, so big difference. I think that, I don't know, I kind of look both ways. I look at sometimes situations like that and go, man, if I was with somebody for five years and there wasn't a ring yet, I think I'm personally the person that would be like, even after a year, like, all right, buddy, what's going on here? You know, get out the money. Right. But but at the same time, I look at those people after what I've been through and kind of go, oh, yeah, that's why. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're actually smart. Yeah. Like, you're actually going through all that hard stuff. For real. Getting through it, living with each other, knowing that person day in and day out before you put the ring on it and decide to do the marriage thing. So I think it's just, you know, personal preference, but. Agreed. It's definitely, and it depends on the relationship too, right? Yeah. Because both of us got remarried fairly quickly oh did it again so far it's worked out real good (laughs) yeah oh yeah and so um kind of that and then 
What about growing apart? Growing apart. Yeah, I think that's a huge one. I think it is. Especially, I mean, we keep harping on it, but because both of because Britt and I both got married really young, I think you do a lot of growing in your 20s. I, you do a lot of growing throughout your whole life, right? But I yeah. feel like there's a lot of growing that happens in your 20s, and that's oh, yeah. an easy thing to grow apart. You can be a totally different person from your age 21 to age 28, I was a completely different person. Insane. You know, but here's the deal. I think what were we talking about earlier that um, what if it's not actually somebody even changing? What if you just got married so quick that you actually really didn't even know that person through the Twitter pated lust phase? I definitely feel that way with my ex-husband for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I kind of do too, um, especially in my second marriage, I feel like I moved on pretty quickly. My daughter was only a year. Um, I was super, sorry guys. I was super just insecure in the fact that I was this young single mom, like who the hell is going to want to be with me with a kid. Um, I didn't, I just never thought I was good enough, you know, and I never thought someone could actually want to take that on. And so I think when I met my, what do you even say? My ex-husband, husband number two I, this is <laughs> let's so go awkward. with them let's go with them i just had to learn to laugh at my story okay i think um when i met my my last husband it's you i was i was very twitter pated and here's the deal i even say this with him too him and i are really civil i don't have anything no ill will there right uh anymore but <laughs> <laughs> we have to got, over it. got over it. everybody's got ill will at first right um so what am I trying to say here? Right. He he comes along and accepts my daughter and sweeps me off my feet. Um, you know, there may or may not have been an accent involved. That never hurt. That never hurts. <laughs> that will really sweep you off that your feet real I quick. Just like blinders on. What? Just talk to me all day. And and somebody who was driven and an entrepreneur and you know, so on paper everything was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're so in the lust, in the Twitter patient, in the everybody's in their best self. And we got married very quickly. And then I think as time went on, it just, we were not good for each other. We we were not right for each other. And even my ex-husband, I can say this, he grew up in a very religious home. And he, it was kind of like his checklist, right? He, he served a mission for his religion. Check that off the list. He, his next move was to get married. Yep. Check it off the list, right? Exactly. I, I feel like that's what I was doing in my first marriage. That's interesting. And not, not that I really realized it back then. And I, I, I can't speak for him and that's, you know, I can't speak for my ex-husband, but I feel like he was doing the same thing. You know, he also served a mission, uh, for, the LDS religion. And then, you know, you're supposed to come home and get married. And he was a little bit older. We were seven and a half years apart. So he was 26 and I was 19. So, but it was, and I think he was also to the point of feeling like I'm old now. Like (laughs) I'm so old. I'm so old. I'm 26. No one's gonna, you know, that is supposed to be married. For those of you that aren't from here, that is legitimately. That is a thing. You make it to your mid twenties and you're an old maid. You're like 26 or 27 and people are like, what is wrong with you? married yet? What happened? Yeah. You must have issues. You don't have four kids yet? What's going on? Yeah. It, it is really crazy. But I feel like it was the same thing. You know, when I met him, it was like, oh, he served a mission? Check. Oh, we can get married in the temple? Check. Like, yeah. 
you were just supposed to do that. And you're also, I I can't speak for everyone, but I also remember being taught growing up that like, there's no one right person for you. Like as long as you both are willing to make it work, you'll, you'll just make it work. Yeah. So, well, and I, I think that it's, it's, it's hard because even my ex-husband will say the same thing. You know, he says, I do. I feel like I was just a little bit checking off a list. Who he is even now from when I met him, completely different person. Yeah. I mean, he's really literally a 180, right? Right. And even for me, like, I don't feel like I'd even be who I am today if I didn't go through all the experiences I went through, obviously, right? That's everybody, right? Um. So I'm actually really grateful. But we did. We We were at a point where I think you get in it you get a few kids in it, right? Yep. You deal with all the things that life throws at you. Finances, pressure of, you know, um, whatever, whatever is going on at that time. Finances, losing a job, starting a business, having children, right? All the financial pressure, all of the pressures of, my goodness, we talk about all the time, being parents, right? Yep. Um, what else? What are other... I mean, you throw like addictions in marriages or we, we've got so many friends and so many people that go through even that, right? Like y- you get married and then all of a sudden they're finding out, oh my gosh, my husband has this full-blown addiction or my wife's drinking or- Someone's you know, got a gambling problem. Someone's got a gambling problem. <laughs> I mean, everyone comes with their own baggage, right? Yeah. But sometimes you get into things without really realizing how much that baggage is going to affect you yeah, or not even realizing, you know, Oh, it looks like they come with a little handbag and they come with a 10 piece, you know, like luggage, <laughs> 10 like, piece Louis Vuitton. <laughs> We're going on vacation. It's never that nice. No, it's not. That, no. Are we kidding? <laughs> I can't afford Louis Vuitton. <laughs> it's always duct taped together. It's always, I got it at Ross. Um, <laughs> no, but also, love languages is a big one, right? Because Huge. when you're dating, why is everyone fulfilling your love language when you're dating? Yeah, I miss that part. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, everyone does. Like when you're dating, but you're gonna, but that's just the thing. When you're dating, you're in that Twitter pated phase, so you're yeah. gonna do whatever you can to make that person feel like, loved oh my, and wanted. Oh and, my gosh, I love football. I could just watch every football game. Oh my on gosh, football so interesting. What? <laughs> Like the stuff you do when you're dating somebody, honestly, is mind blowing to me, right? Yeah, seriously. Like, anyway, that's a whole nother topic. But, <laughs> right. And so you, you're Twitter pated, you're going through that. You think that, oh my gosh, this person's so verbal. And, oh, he just sweeps me off my feet. Oh, he brings me flowers all the time. You get married and it's kind of, well, the, honestly, what is this? You get married and then what happens? It could, a matter of like two weeks, it was literally like, that's just not me. I'm not a verbal person. What? That's uh, not- no, we dated for a while. You were, uh, you were when we were dating. What happened? I just don't really love to kiss. Um, what? All we did was make out. What? Well, that was back before we were having sex. That was back <laughs> when back before blowjobs. <laughs> that was when we were just dry humping all day. <laughs> 
I'm going to see how many of those phrases I can use. Levi loving. DFing. DFing. <laughs> what else is there? I don't even know. Oh my gosh, I'll think of them. No, but right? And, and, and then little things like that kind of set in. Or you pop a few kids out and then you're just like, why are you always on your phone over there? Like... Why are you taking 30 minute poops? Why? Uh, yeah, you gotta go to the bathroom. It takes you that long, you know? And uh, <laughs> yeah, shit's just hitting the fan, really, right? And I think so many relationships go through this stuff. And I've literally watched people like turn and hate each other. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes, I, I think for real. I that happens. There. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. A was... lot of resentment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's rough. It, it is rough. rough. Relationships are hard. They're so hard. And I think in my previous marriage, it was like, we now can kind of laugh about it, if you will. And we're kind of like, oh, man, wow, what happened there? You know, and the fact that I'm I'm finally married to somebody that I do feel like is much more my your person, my person um, for a lot of reasons. It doesn't mean my relationship is perfect. It's just no one says in the imperfections. Right. When when you're with the right person. In the imperfections, because everybody's going to have them, you get through that. Do I want to use the word easier? You get what's the what? What am I trying to say here? I don't know. It's kind of you. You you love that person through their imperfections, you know. And sometimes you love them because of their imperfections. It is it is a little easier when you're meshing with someone and you're connecting with them on, on all a, the other levels. Exactly. Yeah. Not just on one, but you're connecting with them on every level. So when they do something that annoys you or whatever, you know, you're able to get past things quicker. Yeah. Like I can eye roll at my husband now and just kind of go, really? But I still am 100% madly in love with him. You know, where I think that me and my ex-husband were both in a place in our marriage um, where and we share two kids together, right? And he took on my first daughter. And so we had three kids. And I think there were times in that where we literally both hated each other. And, and we were empty. We were both empty. I mm-hmm. wasn't my best self in that marriage either. I didn't know how to handle some of the things that are, came up at all. I did not know how to handle some of the things that were going on. I, um, you know, was very insecure through a lot of that stuff. I didn't even know how to find my strength. I didn't know how to find my worth. And so I think that a lot in my previous marriage, like we just didn't know how to, I think I wanted to like, almost fight things to death because I felt like, why don't you care? Why don't you care? Why don't you care? You know? And yes, I felt that same way. I think men kind of get this thing sometimes where they're like, you're just crazy. You're just crazy. So at the end of the day, we didn't know how to communicate. We didn't know how to, we didn't have correct fighting styles. We didn't know how to get over things. There was a lot of hurt that went down in our relationship that was, you know, difficult. And so I think at the end of the day, like it, it just turned into this thing where I was crazy and he was an asshole. And that's just all it was. Like, I hate you. I hate you. You're crazy. Everybody was just at that level of where we ended up. Mm-hmm. It was bad. Nobody's doing anything to try to make it better. And we were kind of in a space. Some of you might be out there right now in a marriage. I know personally, you know, that there are people out there in spaces like this where you kind of get to those points where maybe you're a little bit more vulnerable. Okay, okay, we need to do this. We need to make this work. Mm -hmm. And then you try, you go to counseling. You might have a week where you're like, okay, we're doing this. Yeah, we're going to make it. But what happens? The cycle. It goes back. Comes right back and you're feeling frustrated again. And it's just this cycle you can't get out of. And that's kind of where I was. 
in just this cycle of like shit and then everybody's feeling empty absolutely so when we say growing apart i think that's almost what we're talking about in a sense yeah right but you also have those people that grow apart like you really just go in two different directions yes absolutely absolutely you know i mean there there are people that have they have no animosity towards each other it's just like we were headed on the same path. We were in the same car together. And now all of a sudden, you know, as we've grown, we've taken a different path. You know, I mean, I look at where I am now versus where I was in my first marriage. I'm on a very different path than I was in that. And it would have been, I'm not even sure I would have been able to take the path that I'm on now in that marriage. Yeah. And if I had, I it, I don't think it would have survived that either. It's interesting, isn't it? To see, here's something I feel like I want to say, because of what you're saying, it's so true. I do kind of feel the same ways. I even look at my, you know, my oldest daughter's dad sometimes and kind of go, could that have even worked? Worked out. Mm-hmm. Like, even if it wasn't such a quick failure of a relationship, I truly believe sometimes it would have failed down the road anyway. Yeah. And it probably would have, you know, in hindsight, like looking back and who I am now and who he is and right. Like, do people still get to those places or do people get to those places because they went their separate ways and they went through things? That's such an interesting thought. That is an interesting thought, you know, but I also look at where I'm at now and I would never take it back. I think I've learned so much of where I've, what I've been through and where I came. And I look at my my situation right now and, and I can't imagine my life without my husband now. Right. So I don't think I've ever had moments where I've been like, oh, could that have worked with us? Should in that- I have made that work? Yeah. Yeah, no. And I mean, my ex-husband and I were at a point where like we would honestly sit in counseling. We tried. We tried. And we would sit in counseling sessions and just like it was almost a joke. I mean, it really was. Your counselor's like, look, this isn't going to work. Okay. No, literally, I think there were times where like our counselor actually did just be like, uh, I like, I can't save this for you. Like you guys had, and we, we would, we would go there frustrated and we would leave there frustrated. Or sometimes we would maybe have a good session and we'd leave with like all this hope. And then within a matter of hours, it was completely down the toilet again. I'm, I'm sure that's something people understand out there. Um, Okay, something we kind of want to talk about. I think a lot of you know a little bit of my deep shit. <laughs> Brittany here talking. Brittany's some, got some stuff going on. Yeah, I'm always just uh, blabbering over here. Uh, we kind of want to touch on Wit a little bit. She's been through a pretty deep scenario, and she's been through something pretty serious that she feels like she's ready to open up a little bit about and let people out there that might have either gone through something like this is going through something like this um anything right just to kind of help you feel like you're not alone maybe Um, shed some light on a on this deal if you have never gone through this either yeah uh, I do want to say really quick before we turn the mic over to wit here that you know this is not something that comes lightly to her This is not not something that is easy for her to talk about. Um, 
Whit and I are best friends and I'm kind of the one that just spills my shit all over the table and is like, there <laughs> you love. go, have it. <laughs> uh, this is a lot more difficult for her to kind of open up to. So we, we're just, we feel like this really strongly that this is something that people need to hear. So we're going to kind of get into Whit's um, previous marriage and what kind of went down there. And so, yeah. All Let's right. Wit. Okay. okay. You got married too young. I did get married too young. So I also want to, oh my gosh, it is really terrifying putting this out there. So just bear with me because my thoughts are also really jumbled. But I also just want to preface this whole thing by saying, this is my side of the story. I, and I don't ever want to make anyone in this story look like the villain or look terrible. Um, in all honesty, if anyone is the villain in this story, it's me. So I just want to get that off my chest and let you guys know this is my side of the story. My ex may have a different side of the story. Um, and I, I can't speak for him and I would never want to paint him in a negative light. Um, I've said on past episodes, we're in, we're on really good terms. Um, I consider him a friend, so I would never want to paint him in a negative light or anyone. So, all right. With that said, bear with me. Here we go. Um, I'm going to give you some, a little bit of a backstory. So, um, I got married at 19. Uh, I was just really young. I did not know what I was getting into, but it's always, you're taught, right? You're taught growing up. Like that's the fairy tale. You want to get married. You want to find love. That's what you're supposed to do. Right. So, um, and like I said earlier, I, looking back, maybe I was just checking boxes instead of, instead of trying to find someone that really was, I was compatible with. It was just like, well, he served a mission and we can get married in the temple and that's what I'm supposed to do. So, and not that, that, not that I didn't love him because, you know, I mean, that's always there. Yeah. You know, in the beginning, it's always just like, oh, we're, we're just going to get married because we're both, (laughs) we're both here. So let's just show up. It's always there in the beginning. It it is always there in the beginning. Yeah. Even if it's blinded by the Twitter patient, I think that's really key to say because yeah, nobody just is like, eh, well, fine. I'll marry you. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. Did you bring a ring? Um, after we got married, I, I felt like he changed. Looking back, it was just probably that we didn't know each other well enough. But at the time, I was like, what the crap? Like when we were dating, we would go out and do things. We would, you know, we spent a lot of time with my family. We did all these things, um, which I'm a very social person. And especially at 19, I mean, you want to be out hanging with friends and doing stuff. And, you know, that's that's your wild time, right? But... I found out that he was uh, very much a homebody. And so that was kind of hard for me as well. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if I should do this, but uh, cause it, I don't know how it looks, but anyway, um, on the day that we got married, my ex showed up and he was sick for our wedding. And it just instantly made me feel like, it instantly almost sent red flags. I don't know if that's the correct term, but it was like, whoa, whoa. if he's showing up on our wedding day and he doesn't even look excited to see me, should we be getting married? And it was wow. just this thought of like, you know, and the thing like he, he re- like legitimately was sick. So it's hard for me to put that on him of like, you weren't happy to see me on our yeah. wedding day. But 
it, and I almost spoke up and said something because this whole time we're getting, you know, we're getting ready to get, get married. Uh, we got married in the temple. So for those of you who don't know, that's a LDS Mormon thing. You go through the temple, there's a ritual, whatever. But, um, when you first go in, they take you to room, kind of talk you through what's going to happen anyway. That whole time sitting in there, I was literally thinking like, I should say something to him. Should I ask him if he still like wants to get married? But then you start thinking like, well, it's just, it's just wedding day jitters. It's, you know, you're just, you're just nervous. It's going to be fine. So you just don't say anything. And then, you know, so our marriage, maybe it started off on a rocky point. It was just an, like a weird thing. I just felt like he changed. I didn't know that he was into video games found that out after we got married Uh oh yeah (laughs) not that it was a bad thing I just didn't I just didn't know so then all of a sudden like especially it was when World of Warcraft was really big Uh oh yeah (laughs) and he was like spending some weekends playing with friends and yeah what what in the heck is this isn't that a real thing yeah here's the deal I've never actually had a gamer husband and I've had three so like the odds are that's weird Okay, but I actually have like girlfriends that are like, oh my gosh, they have to like, their husbands have to have like gaming time mm-hmm. because if not, they would just sit and game all day long. So that's yeah. actually a legit like For real. issue I think out there. Anyway. Yeah, I know people that their marriage has ended Oh over one spouse not being able to give up gaming. No. Yeah, for real. Oh, I love it. I, well, I don't <laughs> love it. That's not a bad, but I just like love that that's even what? I know. Isn't that oh, crazy? I, I, can't, I feel like that's an argument I have like with my 12 year old, like. Get off of Minecraft, you know? Yeah, exactly. Put your phone away. You shouldn't be like an adult. (laughs) No, it's crazy. Uh, Anyway, I guess what I'm trying to get to is um, I was really lonely in my first marriage from the very beginning. Well, tell me this first way. So you guys get married, right? How um, very soon after. So what else did you start to see? What else kind of things made you feel lonely, right? So all of a sudden you're like, okay, now you want to game a lot. Well, and we're not going out and doing anything. I was very social. Um, I, I think also because I was married so young, I mean, the only thing that I really knew were my friends and my family, right? Yeah. My family is a very close-knit family. They do a lot of things together. They're constantly doing things. Um, and so, every you know, they'd call, like, we're going to dinner. Do you guys want to go? Yeah, of course I want to go. I want to get out of the house. I want to do something, yeah. you know, and he's no, let's stay home, you know, and I am not that I'm, I'm not blaming him for that. It was just when we were dating, it was like, yeah, let's go out. Let's go and do this stuff. And then we got married and all of a sudden it was like, oh, that's what I was going to ask. Like, so when you were dating, it was definitely that was kind of the right. He's doing stuff, going with your family, right. happy to do it. Well, and I've had this conversation with my ex, you know, because he's like, well, when we were dating, it was kind of the thing of like, yeah, let's go out so we can stay out of trouble, right? Because we're not supposed to have sex before we get married. So like, yeah, let's not stay home by ourselves. Let's get out. And then all of a sudden he's like, but now we're married and now we're supposed to be our own family. So why would we go and hang out with your family every chance? Yeah. And and so you're probably having that kind of idea of oh, this is great. He's going to be super family oriented in with my family and able to do all of this stuff. Exactly. And then you get married and it's kind of that transition where you're going, wait a minute. Oh yeah. This, it was a major change for me. Yeah. So that, that was probably one of the biggest things that I was like, whoa, what happened? 
I did I did not know this was going to happen after we got married. Yeah. So that was really hard for me. But I I mean, I remember walking around our apartment building probably weeks after we got married and literally just thinking, this cannot be what marriage is about. Like, this is so lonely. Mm -hmm. And to give my ex credit, I did not tell him any of this. I was not a good communicator. I didn't bring it up with him. I just kind of bottled it all up thinking it will get better eventually Hmm. I just didn't know how to communicate that you know what there I actually was just having a conversation with a friend of mine um that I've known for a long time and this is actually a guy and he's going through a divorce and the wife chose to walk away and something he kind of said to me because I explained to him hey you know we're actually going to be talking about divorce on the podcast you got to listen to some of these episodes and he said you know he goes that's one of the things she never opened up to me he said I don't Because I've asked him, I said, is it something where if you could fix it, you would? And he said, yeah, I just didn't know. I I didn't Didn't really ever know. Yeah, Yeah, he's like, honestly, I just thought we were fine. And I think that's actually a thing. I think a lot of us women don't want to say anything. A, we don't want to feel naggy. Right. We don't want to feel needy. We don't want to feel whatever those emotions are, right? We don't want to always. Well, and I think we don't want to as women men listen up here just kidding we don't want to feel like we have to tell you yep what to do we want you to be that mr romantic you were when we were dating sorry newsflash i think that's what all of us want and so there's a little bit of an element probably in you where you're just kind of going okay we're a couple weeks in i shouldn't have to like what happened here that's exactly right and it it's almost like um I shouldn't have to tell you what I need either. You should just read our minds. That that really like legitimately is one of the things like you should know how I'm feeling. Like I (sighs) crazy women because I feel like I'm outwardly expressing like not saying it, but I feel like my body language is expressing like I feel like I'm expressing it and he's just like, well, here's something I think that catching in. Right. Tell me if I'm wrong. When you're dating someone, you do feel like you talk and you want you're you're spilling everything. You're letting them get to know you. You're telling them the things that you like and that you want out of a relationship. Right. All of those conversations people have when they're dating. And so there's kind of an element for us girls that are just kind of going, well, wait a minute. Like, no, you should know I want this because, you know, I've told you these are my love languages. I've told you this is what I want. And I think men kind of live over there in this space where they literally need you to come and say, yeah. hey, I'm feeling really alone and I really need you to go spend time with me and my family or I really need you to go do this or that. Or it it really this I think is a huge reason why relationships disintegrate over time for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even in my current marriage, like. That was one of my resolutions after my divorce is I'm going to be better at communicating in any of my relationships. I'm going to start being a little more upfront and honest about how I'm feeling. Yeah. So this doesn't happen again. Um, so, okay. So walking around your apartment building after a few weeks of even thinking this can't be marriage. Right. So it's, I mean, it was just years upon years of kind of not communicating my feelings to him and not not letting him know where I was at, really. I mean, and then it it just started being resentment upon resentment upon resentment, right? Like, you don't want to go and do this. You don't want to go out. You don't want to 
be with my family. You don't want to do, you know, it was just like all these things like, oh, you didn't do this for me. You didn't, it just starts like you almost start looking for things that they're doing wrong. You know, like you, you just get to that point where you're like, add that to the pile. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, it even got to the point where it was like, I'm not even going to ask you anymore what you want to do for the day. I'm going to tell you what we're doing or I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. Yeah. And that's that you're, you can come along for the ride or you can do whatever the hell you want. Well, let me ask you this really fast. So during this time, did your ex, because here's the thing, did he notice this? Did he ever kind of have times where he was just like, Hey, are we okay? Like what's going on? Or was he just one of those that was super oblivious and like didn't really need any of that himself. So didn't really address it and kind of even see that there was like distance happening between you guys. That's something I wanted to ask. No, he's definitely, he was definitely aware that things were not good and that things that I wasn't getting what I needed. He wasn't getting what he needed, but neither one of us were communicating that. Right. Okay. Maybe that's what I was thinking of too. Yeah. Was he, did he ever feel like the same way? Like he's not, did he need things from you that he didn't feel like he was getting? Or was he kind of one of those guys that was kind of like just good? Cause there really are men out there that I think are just kind of like, Oh, I'm good. Like everything's good. Uh, I'm We're great. Good. I don't know what your problem is. We're good. good. Like I got dinner and I got some sex the other day and I'm good. Work's going good. Like, you know what I mean? I don't think a lot of men out there aren't, they, they don't, they're not so emotionally driven. Right. And so if the basic needs are met, they're, great. they're happy and they kind of just assume like, well, the wife should just be good too. And I think good. sometimes, right. And I think sometimes the women were sitting over here kind of going, we're like over here in distress. Like, oh my gosh, my marriage is falling apart. My marriage is over. Like, I'm not happy. I'm so unfulfilled. I'm so depleted. And then I think sometimes your husband, and, and I don't want to say this is all men, because I know there are some men out there that are more emotional and some women yeah, that aren't. Yeah, that have the opposite. Yeah, probably. Yep. And so maybe I should just say people out there, right? But I know in my situation, that's kind of what it was. So what I wanted to ask you is, what was it with you guys? Did he have things where, did he just kind of think oh, no, I'm he was good? Sure, or? no. I'm, okay. I'm positive he was as unfulfilled as I was okay. in the marriage. I mean, they're, Yeah. I, I'm positive that mm-hmm. he was unfulfilled. And we haven't had a whole lot of conversations on that, but there's no way that he was happy for sure. Well, I, I think what I'm, what I want to ask is like, were there things happening on his part? Like, was he doing anything romantic? Did you, were you getting fulfilled at all? Or were you really just, no, we were basically just, we were both just coexisting. We yeah. were just, and the thing, like we really weren't fighting. We were just existing in the same space. See, I think that's a very interesting dynamic. And I know we've actually talked about that thing before in that point where you said we weren't really fighting. So we were just kind of existing and living. And I think there are a couple different kinds of people. I think you can actually have couples like that, that just kind of do their own thing and coexist. And there's not really the confrontation, right? Right. And the contention in the home. And then I think there are couples where it's like the volatile fighting all the time. Right. So that's very interesting to me and unique that, um, you know what I mean? That two people, cause that's so polar opposite that in my world, 
I'm like, if shit's bad, like we're going to war. Brittany's super passionate. We're like, and I'm we're, just like, I'm keeping every one of my emotions in so, check. Yeah. So <laughs> to me, that's like just amazing that like to, but I actually have other people in my life too that I've talked to that are just kind of coexisting. So I get, I get it. Yeah. You just become like roommates who occasionally have sex yeah. randomly, you know, yeah. like, but for the most part, it's just like. Yeah. Well, there's someone, there's a person living here with me. You Here's know? the interesting thing too, really fast, is the sex part that you just said. Okay. It is. Because I would have so many people sometimes say to me that in the end, when things were just really miserable, like, how are you still intimate sometimes? How can you still have sex? I don't get that. But I think you get in those vulnerable places mm-hmm. where you have moments. And I'm going to say moments where you think... Okay, I'm about to get real here and say something that probably people don't say out loud. But I think in moments like that for me personally, it was a weird, sick way for me to just like, I craved being loved so much that I felt like if I had sex, you know, with my husband, even though things were like so shitty and falling apart and terrible, and I don't think we really loved each other anymore. Um, for him, it might have been more of a physical Right. Sure, of course. Physical needs. And for women, you're so vulnerable and you kind of want that love so bad and you're so desperate for it, right? Yeah. Like that's what that's it is. Exactly but then you're in it, it is. Yeah. and you're numb. Yep. And I would find myself sometimes in those situations where I was just I I felt just like, am I just a I'm just a body? And not because of him, but just because of where I was emotionally. Yeah. I just felt dead inside. Exactly. Yeah, and that's so. that's just the thing. I think you you crave connection with that person. You know, you're married. You're supposed to be in love. You're supposed yeah. to have these intimate times, and so you crave that connection. So yeah, you're you do occasionally, you know, test that water. And I, I'm with you too, especially towards the end. It was just kind of like I did this to connect with you, and we're not connecting. Yeah. And then it was just like, oh, we're done. He's back down watching TV, and I am hoping I don't get accidentally pregnant. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I'm just laying on the bed like I don't even know what just happened. Like yeah, that wasn't yeah. any kind of connection. Yep. At all. Yeah. No, I I just wanted to touch on that in case anybody's out there kind of feeling these ways, because I really do think that that is something that happens. You know, I, I really do. I, I have too many. It's sad. I feel like I know too many people that have like been in the depths of this. Just I don't even know what to do. And, you know, that's on the topic of why people stay for sure. You know, so so tell me what what at this point, how many years in are you? When did you have your daughter? So I got pregnant with my oldest. I think we were three years in okay three years in um I did not take my birth control like I was supposed to and ended up getting pregnant yeah. and um you know we were both really ner- it was definitely unplanned every time we talked about having kids it was just not the right time and then we get pregnant and honestly like adding kids on top of a marriage that isn't good is so hard oh yeah it's never I think some people feel like that too because I think I even got to a point one time with my uh last son that or my my last child who's my son in that marriage where you did we kind of almost felt like could this 
Yeah, this I know a lot of people us? that do. Yeah. yeah. What the hell? Kind of a Hail Mary. And hell? it's and not like, like... What was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> I just made shit 10 times worse, you know? Yeah, and that's exactly what it did. It, um, Well, because now there's more resentment, right? Yeah. We have this child, this little baby. Now I, like, now I have pregnancy hormones. And after having the kid, I've got, you know, these postpartum hormones. And... I don't feel like he's helping and he's going, well, what, what can I do? I can't feed the baby because you're breastfeeding. Like, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) there's, but I felt so alone, so alone in raising this little baby. I I was losing my mind. And so it was just getting even more this buildup of like, I don't even like you anymore. Like, I'm so angry at you because now we have this child and I'm doing, I I feel like I'm doing absolutely everything and you're doing nothing. And you know, you're so angry all the time and all this resentment builds up and you've got nowhere to go with it really. So I was definitely maybe depressed. I was just losing it, to be honest. But it's real things. I think that women get a lot of a rap of, um, oh, it's pregnancy hormones or postpartum. Or you're just going crazy from hormones and hormones. But come on. You felt these ways even before a baby ever came along. Right. I knew I didn't have you, postpartum depression. Yeah, you were, you, When you're empty and you're unfulfilled and you're depleted. And then you add sleep deprivation on top of it. Yeah, it makes it worse. But it's also like this is kind of how marriage was even before. Right. You know, even be- even before we had our child. And so I-, I think for me, I think if you're a woman out there kind of feeling like just crazy, honestly, let's just say it. I- I've had moments in my previous marriage where you just feel crazy. You do. You just feel crazy. You can't do it anymore. You feel like you are just at the end of your rope and you don't even know where to go. You don't even know what direction to go in. You just, you know, you, you hate your spouse, but you, you know, he doesn't like you very much. Nobody likes each other. You desperately just want the love and what's supposed to be there so bad. And you're trying to just devote all your time to this child if you have a kid, you know, and, and it, it, it's madness. It, it feels, is. It feels maddening. It is. So that's where you're at. So you have your baby. You're just getting even more like, you know, resentful. You're getting more and more apart from each other. What next? So I think it's probably time to let you guys know that what came next is that I had an affair. So um, I had an affair with uh, my current husband. Yeah. And um, a little history there is that we all worked together. Brad and I and my ex-husband all worked together. And there was a group of us at work there. You know, there was five or six of us at work that um, we hang out. We hung out occasionally. We had game nights. We did all this stuff. And um, we had done that for a few years. And there was never anything there. There was never... Like anything inappropriate between Brad and I, there was not, you know, it it just wasn't like that. We were all just friends. Yeah. Um. And then, and then it changed. Uh, my ex husband um, got a job, and he was out of town for training, and it just turned into, you know, um, 
I'm at home by myself with my daughter, so I invite some friends from work over for dinner, and which was fine. Uh, you know, a few people came, and you know, you just you start connecting with one person. Yeah. You know, and it's it's harmless at first. It's totally fine, and one thing kind of leads to another, and you're like, man, I wish. I wish my spouse was like this. I do. Um, I want to cut in and kind of. Just steer me because. No, no. I want to cut <laughs> in and kind of jumping. let this be a little disclaimer out there. Um, this is something super, super hard for Wit to open up about, right? We said that um, her current husband, Brad, that she's with that this happened with, he was not married. Um, he was a single guy. And I think that that's something really important to kind of throw out there. It's not justifying anything on Whitney's Definitely behalf. Definitely not justifying it. Not justifying anything on Whitney's behalf. It's just something where, um, you know, kick me under the table if you don't want me to say this, Whit. But uh, one thing that I think, I, I know this person across from me and she's a beautiful soul. And she has a great heart. And I've also been somebody in a situation where I've been really low and really alone look at i usually crying why am i crying okay and really empty and depleted in a relationship and so i can see um there's a part of me that you know she's she's very nervous of the judgments that will come across her by sharing this really personal real story one thing that i think why that needs to be known is it's not a justification on her part but um she does want people to understand that there was not another family involved in this. It was her family, right? Her marriage. Brad was a single guy. Um, like a, once again, not a justification. Whitney is not someone that condones cheating. This never was a thing that she ever thought in her wildest dreams would ever happen. Um, but I do think that that should be known. I, I just do personally, because I think it, adds a whole nother level when there's two situations, right? So just so sure, everybody kind of understands. a little more messy when there's, yeah, when so there's just, two families. I, I, I don't want to interrupt you there, Wit. I just, no, I wanted to throw that out there because I'm, I know you feel nervous about sharing this part of you and I want people listening to just have that in their head right off the bat for this story. So... So hanging out. So thank you. Yeah. So thank I mean, you. it was just, uh, I mean, it was just hanging out at first. And it, it's like we had been hanging out for years and there was never anything there. And then it's like you just, you start connecting with this person, right? And you, and then you want to spend time with them. And I just didn't really catch what was going on until, until I didn't want to catch it anymore because here's someone now where I have literally been running on empty my for years, almost my entire marriage feeling unfulfilled because I'm not communicating, but here now someone's stepping in and not on purpose, but you know, they're stepping in and, and my, my husband, Brad is very funny. He's very charismatic. You know, he, he could talk for hours. He, you know, he's, he's got a big personality and, I, I had always loved that about him. And when, you know, when he starts talking to me, I just something connects there. And all of a sudden it's like, I, you know, once, once you see where it's headed and I, I don't think really either one of us saw where it was headed until 
almost we were there. And by that point, you're like, I don't want to stop this. I mean, you do because. Yeah. But you're you're so. You're so consumed. You are. By somebody actually fulfilling you. Yeah. Someone is showing you attention and they're giving you what you need that you haven't had. And all of a sudden you feel amazing. Well, and I mean, you have the feelings where, oh my gosh, like you're meshing with this person on levels that you kind of can stop and go, okay, wait, like why? You know me, everybody, Brittany, I say the shit that (laughs) maybe shouldn't come out, but let's be honest. I've even had times in my previous marriage and maybe my ex-husband did too. I don't know. We've never talked about this. Um, where I've had those thoughts. And I think more people do than is out there where when stuff is so bad, you have the thoughts of, let's say you, you meet somebody, let's say it's even, let's say you're even hanging out with people and it is somebody else's spouse, right? Or, um, that that's even just talking and has a different personality than the person you're with. Sometimes you can catch yourself kind of going, man, like why, why couldn't I have ended up with somebody like that? Right. Right. That sounds terrible. It does. But I think that is when you're in that situation, it kind of is like, oh, well, like we're, we chose to get that. Yeah. We chose to do this podcast to say the shit people aren't saying out loud. I'm going to do it. Okay. I'm going to, whether that makes me look like a bad person, there were times where you just naturally, I think, think, why couldn't I have ended up with somebody like that? And even in that relationship, once again, you're going to have something, but I think just personality wise, love language wise, all of those things that maybe you don't add up with, with your spouse and you're so unhappy and you're depleted and you're unfulfilled for so many years, that is what was going on with you. Right. You were, you were finally, you know, communicating with somebody that you realized, whoa, we have all this stuff in common. We talk so easily. Right. Um, everything just was so much easier. Yeah. With Brad. So much easier. And I mean, once again, it's like that Twitter pated phase, except for on drugs, because now it's a secret thing. (laughs) It's forbidden. Right. It's the forbidden fruit. It is. And so then it just, I don't even know. It's just, yeah, everything's times a thousand because everything, you know, he is fulfilling me and giving me everything I wanted. But at the same, like we absolutely knew what we were doing was wrong. We were both super, we both felt super guilty about it. Super guilty. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This is hard. This is hard. It is hard. It is hard. It's It's really hard to talk about because it's, I mean, it's like the biggest mistake I've ever made in my life, right? And especially when you grow up in a religious household, the one I grew up in, um, sexual sins were next to murder. They were the second biggest sin that you can commit, right? And now I've done it. And so I, you you feel worthless and you feel terrible and you you know that you've hurt somebody that you, you deeply care about, you know? And so it's... Um, I don't know. It's really hard. Here, I I think we got to throw this out here. Um, This is a part, I know when you're telling the story, it's kind of like you you feel all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I just want to throw this out there, girl. You're doing this. You're doing a good job, right? (laughs) Anybody out there that's going to have their judgments, like Wit's an amazing, beautiful person. And she, like she said, this is something that she knows was one of the 
you know, biggest things that she's ever done and isn't placing blame on anybody else. Right. But I think this is important to kind of point out when Whitney kind of approached, I think people are going to want to know now how, how did you come out with this? What happened? So you've got this going on. I, affairs are not an easy thing to hide. It, it's just not. There's going to be signs. There's going to be, like, it becomes very obvious that something is going on, right? Because when you're infatuated with someone, when you're on Twitter, you're, you want to talk about them all the time, you you know, there there's just signs. It, okay. You can't hide it. And so my ex did start asking questions like, what is going on between you two? Nothing. You know, you, you deny it. You, yeah. you know, like... Um, and it, but the guilt eats you inside. So uh, I'm sorry, you guys, my, my mind is totally jumbled. I do not remember a lot of this year because I've totally blocked it out, but traumatic. It, it was very traumatic and it wasn't just traumatic for me. It was traumatic for, and it wasn't just traumatic for my ex or even, or even Brad, it was traumatic for our families and everyone involved. Yeah. You know, well, I think affairs rock people and it rocks everybody. It does. It does affect. Yeah, it's you're not just affecting everyone. your little family or your little situation. There's a lot of people that are going to be affected by that decision. Yeah. I don't even remember what I was well, talking so about. Well, so you're doing good, girl. You're doing good. This is hard. This is a hard topic. Oh, um, you want me to? You know how, how it finally came out. Yeah. Um. Honestly, the guilt was just eating me and I just couldn't. I just couldn't do it anymore. I, um, like I said, my ex was gone for training for work and I called him and he didn't answer. And I had, um, this sounds so terrible, but I had built up the courage to tell him. And so I left him a message and just told him like, you're right. There is something going on. Um, and I had an affair and basically that was, that was it. Well, I think that's probably an insecurity of yours. Like that looks so terrible. It does right? look terrible. It's like breaking up with someone over email. Over text message. Right? <laughs> but I think um, no one has a place to ever put judgment on any of this unless you're in it. Because everybody has their own shit. People do things. I don't care who you are. If you're in a terrible marriage, you've thought about things like this. You don't even, you know, the guy flirting with you at the grocery store can make you feel good when you're in a shitty marriage. Okay. So just to throw that out there, right? Anyone that places judgment on that, you can't really... Until you're in someone's shoes. I think in your situation, you built up so much courage to finally spill what was going on. Yeah, to finally say it. And that's, that you just had to do it. I did. And that's what it was when he didn't answer. And to be honest with you, I knew that there was there was a 50-50 chance he was going to answer. You know, just because he was gone for work. Yeah. So, but I, I had already built up the courage. So it was coming out. And look, I, I do realize how bad that sounds because if I if I was hearing that from someone else I'd be like oh sheesh that was kind of heartless like you know like I get it so but I didn't at the time I just felt like if it was gonna come out it was gonna come out now and that's just what you got and I feel terrible about it because I know that that was really hard well, this is, this is what I was getting at before, right? I wanted you to tell how it happened and how it came out because something that Whit and I have even talked about before is they were in such a place of kind of 
coexisting and Mm -hmm. just nobody was happy for a long time that when she actually did come out with this and tell um want to tell them what your ex had even said so during like one conversation i mean my even my ex just said you know i just thought if one of us was going to have an affair it was going to be me you know i travel all the time for work i'm gone on you know i'm going to be gone all the time i thought if i thought it would be me i thought i would be the one that had the affair yeah and, and i think that's just an important piece only because i think it helps people understand really how low you guys kind of both were you know that somebody can even kind of say like okay think like wow, oh there I, may be an affair in this marriage and it's not even know. well i just think even the fact that he can be like you know hey if anybody i thought it would have been me basically telling you this one day you know right. kind of thing i don't know you know what i mean right. and that and nothing in this is like justifications it's just i think you've got to understand people hear the word affair and it's like <gasps> how dare you right or you're the villain you're the bad guy here here's the thing right Brittany's point of view in this shit show of a <laughs> I head. love it. Um, there are people out there that are like sex addicts, right? That just yeah. have and there are uh, habitual affairs. cheaters. Yeah, habitual cheaters. There there are people that actually struggle with things like this, right? And yeah. Okay, those are addiction behaviors. I think I'm guilty of even hearing stories like that and going, wow, see you later. Right. You know, um, but I think in situations like like this you really can't judge and and here's the deal i've been guilty of things like this um you know i've heard of neighbors having affairs that i've lived by and kind of being like are you serious like what how How do that how 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 i mean that's a natural reaction right it's a natural reaction i mean i i there's people personally throughout the last 10 years of my life i feel like i've known six people six couples that have gone through affairs that i know you know in in a span of 10 years it's a lot of people to know right and this isn't even talking about you and your story and i think when you kind of get down to the nitty gritty of what the hell was going on to lead people to a place of just being so low that before you know it, someone's giving you attention. It's literally how like all of these stories have panned out, right? Right. Um. So I, I think the point I'm trying to make is it it's something that it does get a little messier being a woman when I hear that there was another woman kind of stepped out on in the situation on the other end, right? Where two people have an affair and they're both, both parties have families and married, right? I'm not going to lie. Being a woman who's kind of been through some stuff myself kind of is like, okay, what? But I think even, man, like when you just get down to being a human being and you even know like both sides of people's stories I I kind of learned in my life just like you can't even judge anything. You can't judge that right. book by its cover because you well, that, don't know. So, I mean, when you're getting divorced, no matter what, I think you're super embarrassed that you're getting divorced, right? No matter the circumstances, whatever happened, I think both parties are like, shit, I have a failed marriage and yeah. I'm embarrassed. Like at least the people that I've known that have gone through divorces are mostly, they, you go through that, emotion you know and so it's like you don't really you're you're trying to keep it on the down low you're trying you know and I just remember um my grandpa which of course he knew what was going on or he knew that I was getting divorced but um I just remember he 
um, that he came up to me one time and put his arms around me and just said, no one knows what happened in your marriage. No one knows. Everyone can assume or guess or speculate, but the only people that actually know what went on in your marriage is you and your spouse. Yeah. No one, no one else knows. They may think they know, but they don't. Yeah. So you don't need to be, you know, you're, you take care of you, you take care of your child and you do what's best for the two of you. And that was a huge relief for me, you know, of just like, okay, I, you know, yes, I am getting divorced, but I can move forward and things are going to be okay. Yeah. You know, so, um, I think something I think people are going to want to know what is after you told, um, what next? Um, so we, we went to counseling, we and my ex-husband, um, and we actually only ever went to one counseling session together and then we went separately and not that it went bad because it, it really didn't. And we barely touched on anything really. Um, and it was really, it was honestly really good. And I remember sitting in there thinking we should have done this years before, but I just was always under the impression that one counseling is really expensive and we were always living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And, um, two, I was just under the impression that, um, I mean, even though our marriage was not great and we weren't I mean, we were just coexisting. I just had this idea that counseling was for people who were getting divorced or who had knocked down, drag out fights, you know, that had big, bigger issues than what I thought we had, you know? So I just didn't, I just didn't ever really think about us going to counseling until we were in that situation. Um, and it was really eye opening for, you know, some of his behaviors and some of mine and, you know, why we were doing things. Um, but to be completely honest with you, I think by that point we were both, I mean, it's a roller coaster ride. It yeah. was a year long roller coaster ride because we separated and then it was kind of like, are we going to make this work? Are we not? And, and there's so many emotions with it. It's part of the time I was like, I don't want to make this work. Yeah. And I, and then, and he's like, no, let's make this work. And then I'm on the, let's make this work. And he's on the, I don't want to make this work roller coaster. And it seemed like we were always on the opposite. That really is a thing that that you both are kind of on opposite levels at at times. That's kind of what it does actually feel like. It does feel like when one of you's up, the other one's down when, and, and instead of holding that other person and helping, you're just pissed off that that one's down. And then when you're up, you're pissed off that that one's down. And right. Right. It, it, that yep. actually is a real thing. I think that happens in a lot of situations with that. Yeah, for real. Um, and then to be honest, I, I couldn't give up Brad. Um, can I just say, I love your honesty with that. <laughs> I mean, you know, as difficult as this topic is, um, you know, and, and that's why I think I stressed that Brad did not have a wife, kids anyway. He's just a single guy. But I actually, I don't want to say it like that sounds, I got to figure out how I'm going to say this. Okay. I, I, 
I hate that you went through this and that you, you know, had to even know what these emotions were like. But I think there's an element to it where you did find this wasn't just like some one night stand or affair that didn't really go anywhere. Like you, you have your person, right? And you're married to him. I got very lucky, but I I think we connected on such a level that it, that you kind of knew. Right. Now, let me say this for anybody that's out there going through something like this. I don't care if you're even in it. I don't care if you are someone, if you are that woman or that guy laying in your bed at the end of the night next to your partner, back to back, looking out at the wall across the room from you, not being able to sleep because you're thinking you want a different life or what would it be like? And the reason I get emotional with this is because I've been there. Um, if you're in that space, right? Um, what, what, what would you tell people like this that are either maybe getting attention from somewhere else and that are married and debating, or maybe people that are, are going through just that unhappy space right now um if there is a lesson to take away from my story i think the biggest lesson is if you are unhappy in your marriage or your relationship try to fix it do what you can or get out before before it gets to this point because you you never think you're going to be the person that has the affair right never in a million years did i ever think that i would be the one to have an affair ever. Yeah. But things get bad enough and then something happens. And I I promise you every single person out there, if you get to that point, it is easy to have an affair. So my one thing here is get out of the current relationship. If you are, if you are so unhappy that you could get to that point or you could easily or or you are talking to someone else and get out before before you have an affair because it is it is so messy there are so many more emotions than you ever think that there is going to be yeah. like i said earlier like i don't remember a lot of that year um sometimes someone will say something like do you remember when this happened or you said this or you did this Sometimes I don't. Yeah. I legitimately don't because it was so it was so painful to go through this. And you feel like a terrible person and you feel like you've I mean, you've made a, a big mistake, really. And and sometimes you feel like there's no coming back from that. Yeah. So if I could save anyone the heartache of that, just get out before get out first. Yes. You know. Absolutely. That would be the biggest thing. And if you're if you're in a spot where you've already done something, own it and move forward. Yeah. That's best for for you in the way that's best for you. Well, and people make mistakes and anybody to cast the first stone on you, you know, needs to just go maybe look in the mirror, mind their freaking business. Like that's well, all I and I, I, I do think and I commend the people who um the couples who have gone through an affair and that they've stuck it out. Yeah. Because that is, 
If you think the biggest thing is confessing to the affair, that is that is peanuts compared to the trying to rebuild that relationship or yeah, trying to rebuild that trust and moving forward. That I mean that is a way more difficult road. Well, you probably have so many emotions that flood in um at different times, right? Where you could maybe even feel like you're in an okay spot and then boom it just something hits you where it's like either you're eating yourself alive from the guilt or your spouse you know is is feeling the heat of what happened and the insecurities there and it's a tough road it is a tough road and for years i mean even though um my ex and i both eventually agreed i mean because it was it was months before we made the decision of and I mean, even, even bless Brad's heart because he is my person, but I, even him, I put through a really hard situation with that because now I'm over here going, I have a family with my ex. And so, and I'm we're suppo- religious. I'm supposed we got to make this and, right. Yeah. The mm-hmm. temples that we're supposed to be together forever. So I need to fix this and I need to try to make this work, but I'm also so unhappy in it and then you add the affair on top of it and it it makes it so much worse but but there's so much guilt and you need to make this work and you have a child and this is your child's dad and and then but on the other side of the coin is but i'm in love with this other person and i have i have such a good connection with this person you know and i i do think that in some cases, that's um, that is lust, and that is the the secretness of the relationship. And um, I do think that there's times where that falls apart for people. I feel like I was lucky in the sense that I had known Brad for years yeah. before that, and we had always connected on on some level. Yeah. So. So that it was a tough time because it took us months of deciding, are we going to work this out? Are we not going to work this out? Um, which is terrible. That's That yeah. was probably one of the most horrible times is because you're just stuck in, in this no man's land of, I don't know where my future is going. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how to make this work. Yeah. Should we even be trying to make this work? And that was the hardest time. Once a decision was made, which was really painful, but once that decision was made, it was almost like, okay, well now I know where to go and I know how to move forward. Okay. Yeah. See, I feel kind of like it's a tricky, it's a tricky subject because On one hand, that's not always the case for people. You know, no. it's not like right. they, anything comes of it or they end up with that person or, you know. And so I think your personal scenario is very unique in a situation like this. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I just think is there anything is there anything else you would throw out there to somebody? I mean, we kind of said – I mean, even I haven't per, – me personally, I haven't even gone through that scenario. But – I do feel the same way. I mean, even in my situation when there wasn't anything like that happening, um, it, I do kind of look back and think, why did we stay so long? 
you know, like, why did that go for so long? Or I don't know. So I think these are some topics we're, uh, we're going to touch on next time too. We really wanted to just kind of share Wit's story. She, she really felt the need to get this out there for anybody. Cause this is something that really people do not. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's a, this is the real, it's a very shameful thing, right? I mean, people feel there's a lot of shame in that. And I feel like even in our culture, you know, it's just, it's not acceptable. And so I, I did just feel the need to put it out there that it happens. It happens a lot more frequent than people think. Uh, I'd like to add, it happens to the best of people. It does because literally anyone, it could happen to anyone. Yeah. And that, that's a big thing to, to remember as well yeah. with these kind of things. And if anyone is out there, uh, we like to end kind of with this, right? We're going to touch on this next time. I know we've kind of gone a little over than what we usually do. We really appreciate you guys, um, all the love and support you've given and letting us open up our lives to you. But we, we want to touch next time a little bit if you are the person on the other end of this. All right. So we've got our guest next time. He is someone that's on the other end. Correct. And so we wanted to bring he had some a spouse step out on him. Yes. And we wanted to we wanted to touch on the other side of it too. For anybody out there that is on that half of it. Um, you know, we I don't really know how to say this. You know, Wit, she's she's an amazing person. And this is something that's been very deep and hard for her. And in the end, you know, she's has a family and is super happy. And this isn't a scenario where, you know, I hope people can hear this episode and you know have some understanding and present time her ex-husband and her are civil and co-parent and yeah, we're on we're on great terms which is amazing yeah i mean well i think a honestly lot of- i have to commend my ex for being able to and and he's been that way from the beginning to be honest with you he really decided to put his feelings aside on everything and co-parent well with me. And there, I mean, there's been, in the beginning was a little rocky, but we, I mean, we're really, really on great terms. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's for anybody out there, we want to touch all aspects of this. So we wanted to give you the side of the story for anyone out there that has, has gone through this or maybe, you know, had the affair and we want to give you a guest and a story of somebody who's on the other side and has had their spouse walk away from them and see kind of where he's going through. Um, and then we also want to touch on kind of the aftermath and how people, how do you come back from a divorce? How do you, how do you get through that shit? How do you, you know, the actual process of it. So stick with us, you guys. Um, we're going to end on this note Wit, I love you. Sorry. It was so jumbled. I really had an idea that this was going to run a lot smoother than it did. So no, it it was good. This is, this is a hard thing to admit to. And I think this is a strong chick sitting across from (laughs) me. So, um, we love you guys. Thanks for bearing with us and letting us open up our, our hard shit and our lives to you. And until next time, keep it real.